Brick and Mortar Reporter, episode 115. Hey there, localists. This is Nick Unsworth of Life on Fire. Welcome you to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. Today's podcast is jam-packed with tips, strategies, and the motivation you need to take your business to the next level. I'm excited about what you'll learn from today's interview. And don't forget that choosing local when you have the opportunity is vital to your community. So now, let me introduce your host, Christy Hostler, with today's interview. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so glad to have you along on the podcast and along on this journey with us. And before I get started, I wanted to get in a word from our sponsors, Bluehost. Now, Bluehost is the premier web hosting service. It is a company that we use and have used for years now, and we recommend to others as well. So if you need a website for any reason whatsoever, we recommend Bluehost. Simply go to brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website. Once you do that, you'll see a place where you can put in the web address you think you want. It'll tell you how much it is per year, what is available, what the other incarnations of it could be as well. And from there, you can make your purchase. Now, once you do that, I've got a special cheat sheet of plugins that you need to go ahead and get set up on your website so you can go ahead and have your website visible to all the people you want to see it, Google and all the people that are trying to find you, and protected from the people that would seek to use your website for spam and other purposes. So brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website will get you all you need to know to get on the web for your business or whatever reason you want. Localist, you can't believe what I've been doing this weekend. Well, yes, you can. If you've been on this journey with me for very long, you know. For those of you that don't, let me give you the recap. Had a six-figure job in Columbia, South Carolina. Had it for five years. I was driving four hours each way to work because I lived 105 miles away. So, I decided to quit my job and move to Key West. I know it's crazy. Some people would call it a midlife crisis. But no, I call it divine intervention. It's great how you can get God to work things out to your good, you know, whenever that happens. So um, it definitely has been a roller coaster ride. I am now uh, more than six months into my journey. I came down in June of 2014. Six months into my journey, I am building a local um, food vending business. I have a food cart at the world famous Sunset Celebration in Mallory Square in Key West. And I'm also getting out into the community a little bit more. And having my food cart in other places as well. And so this weekend, it was kind of a hit and miss weekend, but I wanted to tell you, I told you last week that I was going to start experimenting with my pizza. And you know how I'm always tweaking things. I'm always trying to figure out what the right price point is and what the right portion size is and what the right containers are and just really trying to... um, see if there's anything that I can do that will move the bar on any of the numbers that I'm getting. And um, I wanted to tell you, it's um, it's now Monday. It's Monday afternoon. I have been waiting all morning. There's been some construction going on next door to where I am, and I have an open-air studio, so I've been waiting for the construction noise to die down. And uh, the, the drawbacks of having an open-air studio is that you can't control everything else that's going on around you. But the benefit is that you get to look out on the beautiful uh, Gulf of Mexico and have boats go by and just generally couldn't trade the view for anything in the world, especially whenever you look, turn on the news and realize that most of the Northeast is bracing for a nor'easter and blizzard-like conditions, and it's 73 
and sunny and beautiful, but a little windy. So you might be hearing that as well. And we do still, I've waited as long as I could, and I still have an occasional um, saw or hammer or something like that going on from construction. So I wanted to let you know that in case it becomes distracting for you. And we have a little more wind to deal with today. But we'll do all we can post-production to make it as pleasing as possible. But I want to let you know what I was tweaking this weekend. I um, had decided originally when I did my pizzas I was going to make like a small round pizza, like maybe an 8-inch pizza, individual size, kind of like personal pizzas or whatever you want to call them. So I started with that, and I priced them at $8, and you could get cheese or pepperoni. Well, when I originally started, I would have a few more things, but I found out really all people wanted was cheese and pepperoni. So I didn't start bringing the onions and the mushrooms and the peppers and that sort of thing with me anymore. I just brought cheese and pepperoni. And then I started noticing my customers kept asking me for slices. They wanted a slice of pizza. And um, I I always felt like I was losing ground. Like anytime you have to explain your product, I feel like I'm losing ground. So when I have to explain that, well, I don't have a slice, but I have like these individual pizzas and I make them like, do you want cheese or pepperoni? Because I can make it for you right now. And I always felt like I was losing a little bit of ground because people wanted a slice. They wanted to grab it. They wanted to walk away and go. And at the same time, um, I wasn't really sure about my price point. I'm not really sure about um, the scale of what people will pay for pizza. And it's not that I want to just make them pay the most possible, but I want to give them a fair deal. At the same time, um, I need to make it a high margin uh, item that I can sell because it needs to be that way in order for it to work out down at Mallory Square with all the other expenses that we have. So um, so I had gone last week to a 12-inch size pizza because that's actually what size pizza stone I had. And uh, I put that on the grill and I would make a 12-inch pizza and then a slice was essentially a quarter of that. So it was a, a bigger slice than you would normally eat if you were getting a, you know, eating a slice of pizza. But I was using a very thin and crispy crust, and the reason I used that crust is simply because with putting things on the grill, you can only have heat coming through from the bottom. So if I have a real thick crust, the crust absorbs so much of the heat that it doesn't, it just doesn't cook things on the top of the pizza as well as I would like to because there's no overhead heating unit on that and so anyway so I've been experimenting and so I tried doing uh, 12 inch pizzas and um, I just started at five dollars a slice because I don't know it's just easy for people to five dollars it's easy for them to put out five dollars it seems like everything's five dollars and so I thought I would start there and um, I got some feedback on it not from not from any customers or anything like that but just from well, the people I live with, <laughs> my, my spouse said, I can't believe you're charging $5 for this. Um, and I was like, really? You wouldn't pay $5? And the response was, no way I wouldn't pay $5 for this. So I went back and I thought, you know what? It's time to do some testing. So I've, I've tested a couple of days with the size of the slice. I thought, well, maybe if I did, instead of a fourth of a pizza, maybe I did a third of a pizza and still charge $5 for it. And then another night, so that I did that. And I really didn't see anything move on that. And the thing about it is no one would know that until they, well, I mean, people order a slice of pizza, they see $5, and they don't really know what kind of slice they're getting until I put it on their plate. So that really didn't have an impact. So then the next day I went back to a quarter of a pizza, but I lowered the price to $4. And I feel that's a more fair price um, for the pizza that they're getting. It's a thin crust, and it's either going to be cheese or pepperoni. And I give them peppers and uh, 
Parmesan cheese to put on top and that sort of thing. But it's not a fancy gourmet pizza or anything like that. So it's just basic because that's what people want basic down there. And so when I did that, I immediately, the first day I did that, I immediately began to see people go, oh, I want a piece of pizza. I want a piece of pizza. I mean, they were wanting pizza before I even had pizza ready. And I thought, this is a good sign. And when I did that, it completely changed the amount of pizza. So last night, I sold three entire pizzas, which has never happened before down there. Normally, if I sold one, I was happy. And I would find that people with children would come up and they'd have three children. They'd get a slice of pizza for each child. And for whatever reason, $4 seemed, it seems like the right number. It seems like the magic number. Now, this is one of those situations where in a business, you don't necessarily calculate your price based on cost plus margin. Um, because if I did that, I think I would be selling myself short. And let me explain why. I have, I have several food products and my Liquid nitrogen is an expense that is in two of my products, the caramel corn that I make and the liquid nitrogen, I mean the liquid nitrogen ice cream. And it, that price can fluctuate, but it is a large expense. Um, it's $5.40 a liter is what I'm paying right now. And I have 10 liter doers that I go and get filled up um, several times a week. So every time I do that, it's about $66 by the time everything's added to that. So $66 for 10 liters, it's more expensive than gasoline or anything else that we're buying on a regular basis. So my ice cream does not have as high of a margin on it as like my coffee does that I, that I make as well. So I mean, there are, and this is the way it is in any business. Some products are going to be higher margins and some are lower margins. And one of the things, if you'll remember back some some of the previous podcasts that I talked about whenever I um, was talking about adding products that I really needed to look and see, number one, what I could get to sell, but number two, ones that I could have a decent margin on and not just be making a dollar every time I sell one um, because I can't earn my living a dollar at a time. I mean, I am, but I it, that's not a great way to earn your living. And so when I looked at my pizza, I, fig- I just went through this process this weekend and figuring out what my cost was. And the most expensive pizza I sell is the pepperoni one because it has pepperoni on it. And approximately, the approximate numbers are, it costs me about $3 a pizza to make. And then whenever I sell the pizza in four slices for $4 each, I get $16. Now, for a food product, that's great margins. And I need great margins because that's the only way I'm going to survive down there is by having great margins. But if I just said, okay, well, if I'm going to... um if I was gonna, if I did it like I've done at some companies before, I would take my cost and multiply it times three, and say, okay, well, if I'm paying three dollars for a pizza, then I should be able to at least sell the pizza for nine dollars whenever it's all said and done. And if I sold a pizza for nine dollars, that means I would be essentially doing like two twenty-five a slice, and I would be leaving something on the table. And so this is one situation where it's very worthwhile to explore what the threshold is that is number one reasonable and fair I mean I've got to feel good about charging five dollars for something and the last thing I want is to charge somebody five dollars for something and they look at it and they go this is all I get for five dollars and they walk away because they're not going to be happy with their purchase and um 
when I changed my pricing with pizza, it, it kind of moved the needle in a drastic way on that. And that was what I was thrilled about. So I think I'm going to keep doing that. Clearly, I'm not going to tweak anything else about it. I've got to figure out um, logistically a couple of ways to do it. Now, here's the other thing that was so weird is that last night at the pier, I was completely slammed all night long. I had a great night. and Like I had a, my first normal $200 night without anything special going on. I had um, a great night. Now, everyone at the pier didn't have a great night. In fact, one of the other vendors... Uh, the one that was next to me, uh, she didn't have a great night. And normally her product, I mean, it's consistently, when they only do $200 a night, they're like, oh, I may only made a couple hundred bucks tonight. And I'm like, really? I would thrilled, be thrilled to make $200 in a night down here. And so what I witnessed was very interesting because I had a line and I was trying to do pizza. I was trying to do ice cream. And between that, I was making cryo pop and then also serving coffee. So I had it all going on and I was kicking myself because I didn't bring, I felt like I didn't bring enough of everything that was selling. I didn't bring enough of my ice cream bases. I didn't bring enough liquid nitrogen and because I wasn't expecting it to be a huge night. But at one point I had a line going on and the vendor next to me walked up and said, you have a, you've had a really long line for a while now. Is there anything I can do to help you? And I'm just going to tell you, every bit of struggle that I have had at that point in time was completely worth it to see absolute goodwill for no apparent reason be shared with me. And so it was absolutely thrilling, and it was well worthwhile uh, to have that experience. But the thing that I thought about later on is if I hadn't gone to the pier last night for whatever reason— and I had then the next day talked to other people that had been down on the pier and asked them what kind of night they had. Many of them would have said, ah, it wasn't a good night. It wasn't a great crowd. It wasn't a good night. But I had a good night anyway. I don't know why. It wasn't me. It wasn't like I did anything differently. It was like the, the right price at the right people at the right time, you know, and that sort of thing. It just all came together, and I had a really good night which I'm thrilled about and I'm completely thankful for. I would love to figure out if there's anything I can do to continue to make that happening night after night after night. Certain things I can control, but certain things I can't. And so it was really um, unexpected and a complete blessing, honestly, for that to happen. But I also realized that part of that good night happened because I tweaked my pizza prices and I changed how I was serving them and I changed the the serving size and that sort of thing so it does pay off I'm going to keep uh, leave it where it is for now until um, I feel compelled to go in a different direction on that and then uh, see what happens but um, it was it was a good night and so my my experiment with the pizza definitely paid off because I walked away essentially with you know 48 more dollars in my pocket that I would not have had if I hadn't sold the pizza uh, the way, that way last night. And so uh, that definitely is a huge win. And even beyond the big win, the one thing I took away is that every single person will have a different experience every single night. Last night, for whatever reason, that crowd was mine. It was my crowd that was out there. The people that liked the stuff I was selling was out there. And let me just say an aside for that. I love it when I'm making ice cream for people, and they are thrilled to give me $5 after the show I just put on with making ice cream. 
many of them are just wowed and in awe and people stop and people take pictures and people take selfies and people take videos because they love seeing the ice cream being made and that is priceless and so that happened many many times last night and it was well worth it but the one thing that I take away from that is that every vendor out there is going to have a different experience every single night so I can't superimpose someone else's experience over my own uh, perceptions. So in other words, somebody might say to me, I'm not going to come to the pier whatever night because it's going to be this, that, or there. Oh, I'm not going to come back the rest of the week because it's, uh, there's no money to be made out here. The only way I can know is I can go and I can be there and I can experience it for myself. And so that's what I'm committed to doing. But And I've talked about this before on my podcast where people will say, oh, well, you know what week this is. This is our, this is our slowest week of the year because every time this week comes every year, it's the slowest week. But things change over time. And so um, I just, you know, my takeaway was that I went whenever it wasn't ideal weather conditions. It was a little cold in Key West. It was down to 66 degrees, I think, last night. And um, it was a little cold, and it was a little bit, uh, it was sunny, but it was a little bit windy. Um, and so it just, we didn't have a lot, of, we didn't have ships, a lot of ships in town or anything like that. But just for whatever reason, it all came together. A Sunday night is an odd night for it to come together because uh, it's not the prime night of the weekend. And so I went anyway, and I had a great night. I was kicking myself because I did have to turn one customer away because I had run out. I came home out of everything, out of liquid nitrogen, out of uh, all my bases for my ice cream, uh, out of, just about out of coffee. So, I mean, it was a great night, and it was a great feeling whenever that night was over. And, I, you know, I just wanted to throw my fists in the air and be like, yeah, fist pump, I did it, I did it. And so um, it was a great feeling, and it was good to know that there are things that I can always tweak and things that I can always do in order to hopefully gain more business. And, you know, that's just their takeaways that I continue to learn. And there's, sometimes there's such small takeaways that I think, oh, should, should I even mention them on the podcast? And what I realize is that the bottom line is if I don't tell this story right now when it's happening, then what will happen is in the bigger picture – you know, a year from now, if I was talking to somebody about it, I would say, well, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs. But I would forget the ups and downs. Or, oh, you know, you need to keep tweaking your stuff. But I would forget what those little tiny steps were. And the little tiny steps were listening to my customers. They wanted slices, and I gave them slices of pizza. And I tried to have it ready and hot and fresh and ready to go. And several times, timing just worked out that, bam, I had just finished getting a pizza ready and it was getting ready to cut it and all of a sudden someone will come along and say I want two slices of pepperoni one slice of cheese and I'm like wow that's pretty awesome and before I can even send them on my way the next person's there going hey can I have a slice of cheese and it's like wow there's one left that's awesome I don't know that it'll always align that way but it was awesome when it did last night but these slight tweaks or what can make the difference in my business being more successful or less successful and the outlook I have on the business is that if there's always something I can tweak and there's always something that I can be doing to give myself a better chance of succeeding. So I don't ever want to get complacent. I don't ever want to get uh, to the point where I think I've learned everything and I know everything and I just have to, people just have to deal with it. I want to continue to grow. And so part of that is tweaking 
and uh, growing in a way that I am providing my customers what they're wanting. And so I wanted to share that success with you. It's kind of like cracking the code on pizza at Mallory Square. And so it's a great thing and it's a great uh, feeling. And, you know, one night doesn't tell me everything that I need to know. But um, after three nights of doing something, you know, I can definitely tell in one night whether something is working or whether it's not. And so if it's not working, I definitely don't want to repeat it the next night. Now, did what I do, will it, you know, be this, have the same effect day after day after day? I don't know. But it gave me enough of an encouragement last night when I tried it that I'm going to continue to try it. And then I'll have more data that I can compile. And then I maybe even can tweak it more. And so we'll continue to see how that rolls. So I am appreciative of you following along this crazy little journey that I have. And knowing that uh, there's sometimes there's mundane things I'm going to share with you on the podcast. And you know what? It's real life. It's real business. And these are things that have to you have to think about and you come across every day. But nobody's really documenting them in you know, this kind of format. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do and give you this story as you're following along and hearing everything that's going on, the narrative of the quitting your job and move to Key West crazy lady. So anyway, thank you so much for joining me on this journey. And I also wanted to remind you that if you need a website for any reason, we recommend Bluehost. Simply go to brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website and you'll find everything you need to know to get your website started. It can cost anywhere from three ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine a year. So it's a very small expense to go ahead and get you national, international website exposure. And you can always be online. It's never closing your doors when you're online. So brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website. When you do that, I'll send you a cheat sheet of all the plugins you need to go ahead and get on your website to make sure that you are found by the people that want to, you want to find you and that you are not found by the spammers and the bots and the other people that you don't want to uh, take up space on your website. So you guys have a fantastic day. I cannot again thank you for the journey that you're coming with me and that you're caring about what's going on in my crazy little business and my weird little life and that uh, it can somehow hopefully make a difference and inspire other people to go ahead and jump out of their life that they're discontent with and make the move you need to make. So thank you so much and you have a fantastic day. All right. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. I'm Nick Unsworth of Life on Fire, reminding you that building your business happens step by step. Whether you're just starting or growing your business, use what you heard in this interview today to build a strong foundation for your business. Make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast in iTunes. And remember, when you have the choice, choose local. 